Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, and welcome to Rock the Next Stage with Dory Staley. I'm Dory, and I am a mentor and manager for serious musicians. I own Rock the Next Stage and Next Stage Entertainment. And my mission is to help musicians rise up and use their God-given gifts and rock the next stage. I have a very interesting guest with me here today. We actually go way back, back from my days of when I lived in the Boulder, Colorado area. So let me tell you a little bit about them. We have Taylor Mesplay calling in from Fort Collins, Colorado, and he is a singer, songwriter, and world-class instrumentalist, as well as a sought-after producer and engineer. And he now sells his music in a unique way that I can't wait to share with you. He got his start in the music business at age 13, playing in the contemporary jazz group called Wind Machine. And I, that's when I met him. I think he was a little bit older, but I remember going out to hear Wind Machine play. They were an awesome band. I thought, who's that young kid by the keys there? No, he's really good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Wind Machine uh, toured for years, and they have tons of CDs online. Unfortunately, they disbanded, I believe, in 1995. They were signed to Silver Wave Records, and they would block out months at a time in a premier recording studio in Colorado. And during this time, Taylor began sideman work for countless other bands and solo artists. By age 18, he was opening for artists like Bruce Hornsby, Ray Charles, and Sean Colvin. And after the band disbanded in 95, Taylor began releasing his own albums that featured top studio musicians. Lots of big names there, and I know that he also continued his sideband work for artists like James Taylor, Bill Chinook, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, <laughs> and William Topley. Taylor is in the process of launching a long-form, high-quality video blog entitled 11,000 Hours. It chronicles his adventures as a musician, entrepreneur, and seeker of beauty and magic in this mysterious world. This ongoing premier, premium 60-minute blog will be available shortly to his VIP subscribers. Now, Taylor is going to be telling us all about that in, and more. Taylor, are you there? I am. Pleasure to be here, Jerry. Well, welcome. Yes, thanks so much for joining us. I'm so glad we were able to reconnect because it's been years since I've been out here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. I do miss Colorado, by the way, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but I've gotten used to things. Here. I've been here since about 1998, and once you get used to the heat and humidity, you're you're okay. So <laughs> things are pretty really things are pretty busy in your world. I understand you're you're busy recording and do all doing all kinds of cool things. Yeah, it's uh, it's always hopping over here with with various projects in various phases because. Um, you know, some projects are just in the brainstorming phase because uh, I think you're like me. There's always 
new ideas that are percolating and cooking, and uh, and then of course the follow through and the maintenance of the existing projects as well. And um, I'm not a great multitasker, but I do uh, I do end up with a a big pile of diverse things going on at any given moment, and of course that is expanded by having three fairly young children they're they're uh, mm-hmm. 13 11 and 8 and so between everything that's going on with being a musician and entrepreneur and being a dad and husband it's uh it's very full plate gotcha yeah i can't believe they're that old well now i feel old <laughs> well <laughs> you know time marches on right so Taylor, you have sure worked does. with some major, some major players in the industry, and you've got is it two thousand songs and two hundred CDs under your belt now. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I periodically go back and sort of check those numbers to make sure that that's that's actually accurate because it seems um, kind of amazing that there's that kind of quantity, but there really truly is, and. Um, there's so many projects that I've been a part of, um, not only as a studio musician, but in other capacities as well, producer, vocalist, writer. Um, and yeah, it, it's really amazing how many of my musical heroes and the people that have really inspired me that I have the pleasure of calling my friends or have at least gotten to spend a few hours with, or, you know, some, some time backstage with, or, or a rehearsal or a gig or a session. And I I really consider myself extremely grateful and and lucky and blessed to, um, to have had those opportunities because, um, you know, there's, there's no real separation between my favorite musicians and the people that I call my friends. And that's a pretty amazing thing. Cool. Yeah, well, I know that you play a number of different instruments. Do you want to tell everybody which those are? Sure. Uh, My main instrument is piano. I think that is, uh, you know, that's the centerpiece of it all. That's kind of my anchor of where, um, you know, the compass kind of spreads out from there. Um, That's the instrument that I'm most proficient at. but it's interesting because in the last probably five or ten years, I've been doing more and more with guitar, and um, I, I really never find myself in kind of a hired gun sideman role on guitar because I'm honestly just not that good. But it's been an amazing thing as a writing tool uh, to play guitar and to kind of stretch my boundaries and to become a better writer. Because um, I think that there's a certain dynamic that can happen when you become very proficient at an instrument. Um, it's almost like it limits your options, or it's um, or it overly expands your options to the point where you have sort of option anxiety as a writer. And I, and I think that um, there's something powerful to be said for writing on an instrument that you're less proficient at because it sort of forces you into making decisions that are best for the song and the story without the possibility of distraction by, you know, this endless vocabulary of places that you could take it and, and things you could do. So 
I find these days that I actually write better songs on the guitar because I'm not as proficient at the guitar. So it, it forces me to focus my playing in a way that really does support the telling of the story. And so I found that mm-hmm. to be uh, a secret for me, I guess. Cool. Cool. So I, I play yeah, guitar. You... I also play bass. I also play, um, well, I, I sing, uh, studied, uh, you know, voice lessons and assistant teaching with a great teacher uh, for for a lot of years as a vocal coach. And uh, and then there's some ornaments. There's accordion and there's Irish whistle and, uh, you know, a few other things that are sort of uh, accessories to what I do. But but really, I would say my main instruments are um, piano slash keyboards, guitar and bass. Um, everything else is, is sort of ornamental and not something that I'm a serious student at. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I remember, excuse me, back in the day, Bruce Hornsby was a very strong mentor of yours. And I remember mm-hmm. hearing the influences in your music, and I thought, that's cool. But what, <laughs> you probably, what you probably don't know is, well, you and I talk about the pay-it-forward model a lot, is that you were also a mentor for our daughter, Nikki. Got to give her a shout-out. She might be listening. Mm. <laughs> it's, uh, Hi, Nikki. Uh, here we go. She studied with you for a short time before we moved to North Carolina, and I remember at the time you were only able to take a few select students, and she was pretty serious about her music at the time, even though she was very young. But I remember her telling me, and you probably don't know this, but she said she learned more from you in that short time than she had with any of her other teachers, number one, and number two, it actually reflected a little bit in her style at the time, and especially at, at Christmas time, because when she did have quite a few mm. Christmas CDs, she can still pop that out. <laughs> so I can't believe mm. you remember how to play all that. So you never know. Oh, that's terrific. Who you influence so and who crosses your path and where it's going to go from there. Now, you are expanding you know, your reach. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say I, I do very much believe in you know musicians influencing each other, especially younger musicians. Uh, you know, people like Bruce taking the time to kind of take me under their wing definitely gave me a vision and a desire to pass that on to anybody that I could. And I still um, I still try to look for those opportunities where um, maybe there's a younger player that um, you know could use some tips or uh, some equipment or whatever it is. Um, and if it's something that I can do, uh, it just feels really good to say, how can I help you? How can I help get you from where you're at to where you want to be, or at least a few steps in that direction? And uh, I wouldn't be where I am at all if it weren't for people like Bruce, um, you know, taking time and energy out of their life to invest in me and in my potential, and uh, it feels real good to uh, to give on the other side of that. Yeah, man, that's that's really cool. That's what it's all about. In fact, our our last podcast guest mentioned that last week about just paying it forward, showing the love, and, and helping out other musicians. So, folks, if you haven't checked that one out, you need to definitely look into that one. That 
Joey Smith was Great. talking about uh, his drumming and just different things he's done with different bands to help them out. So one of the things you're doing is a very different form of, uh, of ways to get your music out there. And we should tell yes. our listeners a little bit about what you're doing and how that works. Okay. Well, for my newest record, which is called Cerulean, and um, all projects moving forward, um, I've, I've basically made one avenue for being able to get a hold of the music, which is is very contrary to the way modern technology and the music industry is going because the way the industry has been going is, you know, have it available everywhere instantly for free, no strings attached, just give it away everywhere you can. And uh, so I guess this is the polar opposite of the pendulum swinging the other direction. And, uh, you know, it's, it's gotten increasingly hard to monetize recorded music for the artist. And uh, I think the final nail in the coffin was when Apple decided to phase out their own iTunes store with Apple music. And, um, you know, they've been so heavy handed in how they've done that, where it's, it's actually quite difficult to buy an album because they keep redirecting you to listening to it for free instead of buying it. Cause that's a better business model for them. It's not mm-hmm. a better business model for the artist. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, the subscription model is basically saying I would rather have a more meaningful connection with a few fans than to just be ignored by millions and millions and millions of people um, who have no investment into what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I think that that harkens back to the fact that I always have considered myself an artist and not an entertainer. And um, I think there's an important distinction to be made there where, an entertainer kind of strives to, uh, you know, just please people, kind of give them what they want, whereas an artist desires to create something meaningful that maybe will make someone sad, maybe will make someone feel a heaviness that they'll have to kind of search their heart and say, what is this that this is stirring up? Maybe it makes them feel joy. Maybe it makes them feel longing. Maybe it makes them feel uh, love or affection. And it's a much deeper transaction. And so I don't really feel the need to be popular in the sense of millions of likes or millions of followers. But I do want to have a meaningful relationship with people that understand what it is that I'm trying to do. So the subscription service allows me to um, to give a very rich media kind of experience uh, sharing the best of what I can do, my recorded music, the videos that I'm doing, and, and really say everything I have that's worth sharing is going to get to you. And, um, and it also allows that to be uh, financially rewarding. Uh, in a way that the modern music industry can't provide. So I think that's, uh, in a nutshell, what it is, is is me saying, I want to have 
a deep, meaningful relationship with the people that truly understand and appreciate what it is that I'm doing as an artist, and I'm going to forego um, kind of mean, meaningless popularity and numbers in favor of that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, now, Kelly, you said something interesting when we were talking the other day. You were mentioning that a lot of people sign up with Spotify or whatever, and it's really like background music. They're really not paying attention to the artist necessarily. Right. And I thought that, that's pretty interesting. Because they might be, but it's not as much of a connection. They're certainly not as invested in the artists when they get to know them and, and they feel like mm-hmm. they're part of their community. So good for you. Yeah, well said. I, I think it's encouraging that vinyl records are coming back a little bit and there's a new generation of people that, um, you know, maybe had never even heard of a vinyl record or a turntable who are now building a collection of vinyl records because a lot of artists are starting to um, – release their music that way and I think it brings back the the mystery and the, the wonder and the enjoyment of sitting in a comfortable chair maybe with some actual speakers and not just earbuds and you know yeah. listening letting music fill your room with a high fidelity kind of system and just listening for the joy of listening because I think all too often uh, audio is just considered half of a video. <laughs> it's just half of something. <laughs> it's not a thing in of itself. And, you know, I grew up listening to just audio, and it, it blew my mind that it made me feel things that were life-changing for me. And I think it's great to bring that back as a medium that is sufficient in of itself. Cool. Now tell us how this works. They sign on, and then what? Okay, at that point, they can access via smartphone or tablet my entire past catalog of music, over 10 albums, um, streaming, if that's how they want to do it. And it looks very similar to uh, other music apps where you can see the album cover as you listen and some lyrics and some info uh, to, to browse through while you listen. But you also have the ability, if you're at a computer, to download very high-resolution, uncompressed music files to keep forever and to organize on your own um, hard drive the way that you'd like to if you have um, you know, music in iTunes or some other mm-hmm. uh, library software. You, you can actually download and own the music and keep it as your very own in very high-resolution format compared to what's being streamed. So... Um, you get access instantly to my entire back catalog, and then you're uh, able to be instantly notified as soon as I release another single, another remix, another song, another video, another blog, and it all just um, shows up in your account every time you open it. It's powered by a technology called Bandcamp, and I've been very happy with uh, their technology and how they make things accessible to my subscribers. And it's easy for me to upload things and it's easy for subscribers to download and receive those things. And it's been working very well. Cool. Now that is a really awesome service because I know a lot of bands and solo artists that I've worked with, they always have had a page or an account with either Bandcamp or Reverb Nation 
and for booking mm-hmm. purposes for me, because I still do some booking, yeah. it was great to check to see more about the band, and I could listen, but I had not heard of what you were describing, uh, which is they can have a subscription service and have yeah. access to your tunes at a very low price point or entry point, I should say. I was very surprised. <laughs> I thought, whoa, who wouldn't want to sign on for that? So go ahead, oh, man. You can you. tell them. <laughs> Do your pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, taylormessplay.bandcamp.com is where you can go to check this out. And uh, that's where all this action is, is happening. I call it the backstage area. And, uh, you know, it kind of feels like being on that VIP list, being backstage with the artist. And, and you know, you're one of the real important people uh, to that artist that – uh, you know, you're in that inner circle, and uh, I like the way it feels. And I think the subscription starts at $25 a year, which is, you know, the price of two albums, but you get 10 albums instantly and all the new stuff that's coming out steadily. So it, it is a very good value. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, I've already made much more in the last few months from this subscription platform uh, than I made in the last several years combined in terms of recorded music. So it's just going great for me. Well, it's great. You know, that what I'm thinking of is, you know, and anybody who's out there, do the math. I mean, you know, if you're getting right. a, a fraction of a percent from these other platforms, <laughs> but this way you're, right. you're, you're working with them directly, it's got to make an impact. Plus, like you said, it doesn't have to be a, a numbers game where you are making your your uh, subscriptions available to millions and millions of people. It's more of right. a, a more intimate sort of relationship, kind of like the people that You're you right. have on your newsletter list or the people who right. are on the Patreon or Patreon. I was pronounced that mm-hmm. wrong. But, you know, they have an account with them, and you're in constant communication. Right. And they feel like they're part of the family. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, to validate what you just said, there was a blog that it, it's probably 10 years old at this point, but it really changed the way that I thought about this and eventually led me to this model. And it was a very interesting blog called 1,000 True Fans. And uh, yeah. it's a really good read. And, you know, basically it it did the math of saying, if you have 1,000 people in the world that are true fans of your music. And that's what I'm looking for, um, you know, with my subscribers is they are my true fans. But if you have 1000 of those, you can make a good living from being a musician. And uh, I think a lot of musicians think that you need to have millions and millions of fans. Um, And so that, that way of thinking clarifies that and says actually you just need a small handful of people that really understand and really care and so that's what I'm out to find cool yeah that is really really awesome and it it forces musicians and singer songwriters to really rethink the entire model because as we all know the music industry has been changing so much it's hard to keep up with and you know sometimes it just isn't uh, producing the level of income that we all need <laughs> to survive right. and, you know, to keep doing right. what we're doing. You know, I'm not a songwriter. Yeah. I, I just play percussion. But uh, the, all the other bands that I've worked with over the years, and there's been hundreds, 
mostly young ones uh, in the teens and 20s and beyond, a little bit more beyond. But now, you know, I'm opening it up to, to older artists. And, you know, everybody's in the same boat. I don't want yeah. them to feel like giving up. I don't want them to feel like, oh, gosh, I've, I've got to have a day job or I'll never make it as a musician. And I always right. try to tell them about creating multiple income streams and looking mm-hmm. at things from a different perspective. Sometimes you've got to wrap your brain around things in a different yeah. way. So I'm glad that you're doing that and uh, telling people about this because there's a lot of folks out there who don't know this. So cool. Mm-hmm. Now, is there yeah, I think it all comes like down to, to, well, I would just say, you know, all of this can be summed up in, uh, you know, quality versus quantity because uh, sometimes you just need uh, higher quality connections with fewer people than you need, you know, millions of people to know who you are because, you know, just people knowing your name doesn't really advance anything meaningful. It's, it's those kind of person to person relationships where the real substance is. And I think that's what I'm yearning for as an artist is meaningful substance of connections with people that are like-minded and that resonate with the things that I resonate with. And uh, it's more like building a family. And so that's what I'm excited about. Very cool. Now, are you still touring? No, I do occasional live performances, but um, really my, my time is being spent creating new music in the studio and creating videos and uh, I'm just much more fulfilled that way. I get to spend more time with my family. And, uh, of course, the occasional live performance is a lot of fun, and I look forward to mm-hmm. those. But mm-hmm. it's not the uh, the real staple of how I'm spending my time. And I think I'm happier, and uh, it just works better to not be on the road so much. Um, yeah. I, there are aspects that I miss of, you know, seeing new places every single week. And um, mm-hmm. it's quite a rush to do that. But um, I've done a lot of touring, and I think that I'm I'm all set with that <laughs> for now. Well, yeah, just, despite your young age, you, you have been doing this for quite some time. So, yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah. goes through different phases of what they need at different times in their life. Yes. So that is uh, definitely worth mentioning there. Now, you have a lot of people Absolutely. that come in the studio, and you record both in Colorado and you're also branching out to New England too? Yeah. Um, I'm moving my family in the summer uh, back to New England. We lived there for seven years and then we've lived back in Colorado for the last five years. We really have two homes and uh, my kind of home base musically will always be Colorado. Um, so so much of my A team and my infrastructure is here in Colorado. Um but I married a Massachusetts girl 15 years ago. And <laughs> so the New England thing is very much a home as well. And that's being developed too. And so, um, although it might seem schizophrenic to some people, uh, it really <laughs> does feel like I have two homes and they're both completely real and valid and true. And I'm an adult on both foundations. Cool. Yeah, well, that does open things up for you because, of course, there's many more artists out on the East Coast as well. So good for you. Yes. Yeah, thank you. So so let me tell people how to find you. 
you mentioned the Bandcamp site, but folks, you can also go to taylormesplay.com, and that's mm-hmm. spelled with Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, and Mesplay, M-E-S, as in Sam, he is in Paul, L-E.com. Mm-hmm. You need to reach out to him if you have any questions. I'm sure he would mind. I love his thing. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> but I have his email here. Lord, Lord of the Violin, Absolutely. which is also your Instagram handle and elsewhere. <laughs> Lord of the Violin at gmail.com. As for me, you can find me at rockthenextstage.com. Or shoot me an email if you have any questions, Dory, D-O-R-I, at rockthenextstage.com. I also offer complimentary 30-minute strategy sessions, which are really just like a phone call or we can Skype or Zoom or whatever floats your boat, just to talk about where you are, what you need help with. If I can't help you, I will find somebody who can. I have a lot of contacts, so, so no worries there. Again, I'm all about paying it forward. I've written a book called Find Your Divine Rhythm, A Creative Success Formula, which is my bounce-back story. You're never too old <laughs> to do what you love. It's pretty much the message, the message of that one. But with, it also has tips for creative types and musicians who uh, wanted to look at this more as a business and a full-time endeavor. So cool. Taylor, is there anything else that we might have forgotten? Any any parting thoughts that you'd like to share with people before we sign off? Well, just yesterday I was talking with a good friend of mine, and he asked me, what's the common thread of all of the amazing musicians that you have met, something that they all have in common? And what I said was, they all retained the mindset of a student. They were always trying to learn something new. Um, Bruce Hornsby was always telling me about something he was practicing that week to help his left hand to get better. And uh, all of the best musicians that I've met are always trying to learn one more thing. And I think that's a good piece of advice for all of us. Cool. Right. Not get comfortable, but to keep an open <laughs> mind and remember that you're never too old to learn something new. Amen. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us today and sharing both your experiences and, uh, you know, your great techniques for boosting your music sales. I hope people got something new and interesting from this. Hope they were taking notes and checking things out. And it was just great to connect with you again, man. We'll definitely be in touch. (laughs) Sounds great, Dory. Thank you so much. Sure thing. All righty, folks, uh, till next week, I've got a country artist coming on, so brace yourself. Uh, she's young but super talented, <laughs> and she's going to be sharing some of her tips as well. So till next time, this is Dory signing off with Rock the Next Stage, and hope you guys keep on rocking. Bye for now. Toodaloo. <laughs>